Hello, everybody, and welcome into the 8 o'clock hour of the Great Scott Show, the Great Sports Callers Open Think Tank. And uh, as promised, joining me now from USA Today Network, you've read his stuff over the years, talking with Glenn Gilbo, who joins us to talk a little LSU baseball. Glenn, um, as you wrote about uh, in the article I read in the advertiser, um, had uh, a, a new LSU team, if you will. That was a heck of a performance in two games yesterday. Yeah, it really was. And, and you know, that's the first time they've won three straight games on a weekend since uh, Texas San Antonio, like in early March. So, you know, they're finally finding the groove just in time. Uh, you know, they, they never swept a weekend series in the SEC, obviously. They got swept twice. They finished eighth, and now they're beating, uh, you know, the the uh, number twelve team in the country. Uh, it's really an amazing story when you throw in Coach Maneri's retirement. Well, to 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 piggyback on the last uh, remark there, Glenn, do you feel like the idea of uh, win one for the Gipper, for lack of a better phrase, you know, sending Maneri out on uh, the best note possible? Like, do you feel that? motivation can be overstated or do you really feel like it's a you know it's it's kind of a powerful drug that you really can't bottle up it's just in a situation like this which is unique it it makes a difference for the team I think it does you often see a team when they have a coaching change uh, like when an interim coach takes over uh, or something like this it, it the, the team kind of has some relief and they and they play better uh, but I, I think this is also largely due to the fact that Maneri's teams always get better late in the season. That this one just waited to the very end of the season. But um, his teams always always get better, and, and it's a really young team. I think people have forgotten about, and, and some guys like the pitcher last night and Dylan Cruz. Those are those are freshmen, and Garrett Edwards the other night. You know, they they uh, they're just finding their their, their potential uh, late in the season at about the same time. Yeah. And, oh, and also the and the other thing is, it's always easier once a SEC team leaves the SEC. Too. That's that's another very big thing. Good. Could you could you harp on that a little bit more? That last remark. Yeah, because I mean, you're, you're playing in the best league. I mean, here's LSU finishing eighth, and. Oregon and Central Connecticut State and Gonzaga, those teams would be, including Oregon, I mean, they would be in the middle of the pack in the SEC and probably uh, lower than that. The the Tigers um, getting the two wins yesterday, just to go from Saturday where when it got to extra innings, the, the thought of two and Q was, I think, on everyone's mind that was watching it, um, this could happen. And now to be on the brink of possibly getting to um, to a super regional, Dylan Cruz is a big reason why they're in this position. You mentioned the youngster. Um, <laughs> in terms of bringing power to the West Coast, he's brought a lot of it. Are are you? You, you said these typically Maneri teams get stronger as the season goes on. Is there a small part of you, Glenn, that's that's a little surprised at just how good Cruz has been over there? Well, no, uh, because um, well, well, yeah, he's he, it's a surprise how well he's doing. Uh, in this regional, but again, I, I don't think the pitchers he's seeing are as good as the uh, 
the SEC pitchers, and, and he's a freshman, and he was the highest-ranked prospect to go to college last year in the Major League Draft. I mean, he, he was the prospect going into this season, uh, and, uh, you know, he's just really carrying the team. Uh, a little bit surprised, uh, but, you know, he's hitting 625 uh, this weekend. But, again, you know, after you've been seeing that SEC pitching for 10 straight weekends – and then, and then you, you you drop a level. Uh, people are gonna gonna rise up. Gavin Dugas, um, he was struggling the first few games of the regional, but he had, he had a great game last night with a home run. And you know they're starting to hit early. Finally, that's the big thing. They're scoring runs in the first inning, the last three games. After their two games um, before that. They had one run in 18 innings, you know, counting the SEC tournament loss to Georgia 4-1, to then they lost 3-0 in the opener. So that that's just really giving them a lift, too, and, and relieving them, I think, when they finally get a run or two early in the game. Talk about the light coming on perhaps later in the season. To see Javen Coleman last night, the young, lanky freshman, just kind of sit there with, I guess, the confidence and guile that – um, you hadn't really seen a ton. Uh, I think if I remember Glenn and you would know better than me, I think early in the season he played a little bit and then kind of fell out of favor. But I was, um, I mean, Pac-12 or not, Oregon's a, a good offensive club and Coleman to just kind of stand there and do what he did. That was a performance they, they needed if they wanted to stay alive. And I was thoroughly impressed with the young man. Oh yeah. And you know, he came in with a six ERA. He'd only pitched a few times. In the SEC, he was a he was a weekday pitcher, midweek pitcher, and the Oregon coach said he looked like a Friday night starter. Uh, and uh, you know, he had three pitches. He was getting over the plate and handling, and he was throwing in the nineties. So uh, it was it was amazing to see. And you know, he pitched well in, at A and M, as did several other guys who hadn't pitched much this season. So that that was the first sign that they were coming around was that, that Texas A&M series. Of course, they did win three of their last four SEC series. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure Oregon probably didn't even know who that kid was as far as their scouting report. I mean, I, I doubt if they really looked much at him. Glenn, Gil, uh, Glenn Gilbar, I guess, ESPN 1420. A.J. Labus in the win over Gonzaga. Coleman in the win over Oregon. LSU. A win away from a Super Regional or a loss away from the season coming to an end tonight, 9 p.m. Central time over there in Eugene, Oregon. Uh, Glenn, what's the plan tonight from a pitching standpoint for Maneri? Well, he uh, he wouldn't say. I mean, he, he does say he, have, he has some arms available. They haven't uh, thrown, you know, into the bullpen a lot. So I, I think you're going to see a lot of guys. You, you, you can see De- Devin Fontenot again. Uh, you'll see uh, Garrett Edwards again, I think. Um, I doubt if they can go back to uh, Landon Marceau, but they may be able to go back to Mikhail Hilliard. He didn't He didn't pitch that much uh, on uh, Saturday. So um, they, uh, they got a lot of guys available. Follow Glenn on Twitter at LSU Beat Tweet. Almanary, does he have a couple of games left, or does it come to an end tonight? Uh, what, what chances do you give LSU right now, considering they seem to have the momentum heading into this one? Uh, well, Oregon's probably got, got more pitching, but LSU is uh, is on adrenaline and, and highly motivated right now. And, and you know, that's the thing about the uh, 
the NCAA postseason. This this has happened before. A team that's in the middle of the pack in their conference and just kind of average throughout the season, they can make a run. I mean, it's 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 happened. Um, and and if you got a couple of pitchers and a decent bullpen, you can do it. And in LSU this weekend, they've had three good starting pitchers, which is another thing that has not happened all season. And uh, their their bullpens coming around and you got an offensive guy who can just carry him, Dylan Cruz. Um, I, I like LSU's chances because, um, you know, the pressure's on Oregon now because they lost their advantage last night. Uh, and, uh, you know, the pressure's on them now. So I, I, I would pick LSU to win this game. Keep it loose. Uh, that seemed to work yesterday for the Tigers. If that continues tonight, <clears throat> excuse me, you may be uh... – Working some more LSU stories next week in Glenn, and I know Tiger fans certainly would have no issues with that. Uh, before we let you run, man, I know um, you, you know the the book One Team One Heartbeat about LSU's dominant 2019 season. For anyone that hadn't read it, it's still out there. Um, you were a big part of that. Uh, I'll give you a minute to plug it before we let you go. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I'd almost forgotten about that. That's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> LSU went uh, five and five since then, but yeah. If you want to remember how it, how they were great, that's it's it's fun to read that book. Um, I, I think they'll be back closer to that this season after the five and five because they return almost the whole team. But uh, you can go on the uh, Amazon.com and find that book. Good stuff, Glenn. And and while I got you, were you any surprise last week with the? I know you you covered it. The the O line situation. James Craig fired. They quickly found his replacement. Was the Craig thing seemed to be like a a big surprise kind of around college football? Is there something more to that story? It just seemed odd timing wise. It, it was a strange story. Uh, what I understand is he he may have had some uh, improper, even accidental contact with a recruit, and uh, since LSU is already under the microscope, there I think they may have uh, reacted quickly to that, maybe overreacted. Uh, but he's a very good coach. I've also heard he may have not messed well with the new offensive coaches, but uh, either way, it is a strange move. Give give Glenn a follow at LSU Beat Tweet on Twitter and uh, read his stuff in the advertiser here in Lafayette, advertiser.com, covering the LSU Tigers. Glenn, appreciate you uh, getting up with us this morning, man. All the best, and we'll talk to you down the line. 